just this really unique recipe of how spirit gives you messages. So I talk about the four main ones, seer, owl, empath, and channeler. One of the myths is that only certain people are intuitive when in fact, everyone's intuitive. It's just, they haven't been taught their language, right? Yes. Amen to that. Are you ready to tap in to your power within so that your business can reach its truest potential? Hi, I'm Candace Haza, and I help business entrepreneurs access their inner GPS so that their business can grow and thrive. You are here to serve and to create an impact in this world. Welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Intuitive Business Podcast. I am like through the moon excited to introduce our guest today on the Intuitive Business Podcast. She too has an intuitive business and her name is Whitney. Whitney is a certified medium, intuition mentor, and host of the Spiritual and Ambitious Podcast. She is the creator of her wildly popular program for intuitive languages, where she helps spiritual and ambitious souls learn how to understand their intuitive messages and communicate with their spirit guides for more abundance in their lives and in their businesses. Whitney, I am like through the moon excited truly to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I love watching your energy and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to come through, you know, the video screen and give you a hug. That's how it feels. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's so welcoming. So Whitney and I, I don't know how things started with us, but we started to communicate. And uh, I mean, really like on this plane, on this earth, <laughs> like with text messaging, like not with mental telepathy or anything, <laughs> although, you know, that would be fun when <laughs> and they would, yeah, we've been doing this, uh, these, the communications back and forth. And finally we're like, you know what, we have some similar messages and we would really like to. Uh, engage our audiences with their intuition. And so what we made a decision to do today, and we hope that you enjoy it, is the intuitive is interviewing the intuitive. So this episode's going deep, get out your pens and paper, because we're actually going to go into kind of like a deeper level of intuition, like all the good, I call it spiritual geek out night. Like in in my program, we, this is our spiritual geek out moment together, Whitney. (laughs) I'm excited for that. You know, it's, it's always fun to talk to another intuitive and we go, oh my gosh, oh, that happens to you too. Or, oh my gosh, yeah, totally know what you're getting. And I think that it's really nice to have someone to bounce ideas off of or to just share in those moments and see what goes on in an intuitive life. Yes. And, and it is quite interesting. And, um, and I've actually even shared some intimate stories with, with Whitney in the course of the last few months, and we might be able to get around to that uh, too, but we want to start the podcast off kind of on a high note and some fun. Whitney, here's a big question that sometimes I get asked. Do you see things like in your house? Have you like had people or ghosts in your house? Like I'll have these questions about that. So let's talk about that. Yes. And yes, I have. So when I was really young, I saw people in my house all the time. And it was to the point where I actually made my mom and dad check for footprints. I was like, there's somebody in the house and this is what it is. And then as I grew up and I started to really 
honor and understand my abilities, I was like, I can do this. I can see. And then I ran away because I saw really clearly and I didn't ever come back until it was a couple of years. So after a couple of years, I started to understand that actually I could control that. You know, I was able to set boundaries with spirit. So I have a doorkeeper and I have a protector guy that I work with so that I just don't have random spirits coming in to say hi, but I will sometimes have loved ones that come through and I don't know if this happens to you, but I live in a house that's surrounded by limestone and limestone tends to really hold energy and amplify energy. So there have been times where we have seen a spirit that wasn't really needing to be in the house or a spirit of the land. And I remember really clearly, this was a couple of years ago, my husband and I were asleep and we heard a man coughing in our hallway. We do not have neighbors. You do not hear anybody like in our neighborhood. <laughs> and we both went, what? And we, we really thought somebody must be in our house. So after that, we had to definitely clear and have another conversation with our doorkeepers and our protector guides that it, it just wasn't okay. So when your house is surrounded by limestone, you get this weird, funky stuff sometimes more so than average. And I think of it as dust, right? It's like you clean the house and more dust comes in. So sometimes you get more energy dust and it's time to clean. So yes, I definitely have throughout my life. And sometimes I still will, but I always welcome my spirit guides. So when you talk about people or spirits in the house, yes, my spirit guides are always in the house. I love that. And you know, what I like is when she was talking about the gatekeepers and you know, that, that they put a doorway up to protect because I had very similar situations, but I thought I was a little girl that was losing her mind because somehow I understood it was in my head. Like it didn't transpose onto earth. It was more in my head. So I thought there was something wrong with me. So I made a decision not to talk a lot so that nobody knew what was happening to me. I was afraid of the dark because it seemed like the dark made things turn on brighter for me. So if, you know, I'd always asked for that little crack of light. So I'm, I mean, for me, it was very, very fearful until I was the age of four. And I can remember these ages because like, I remember seeing, you know, things and I was at a baby shower and I was the only little girl there and I wanted to play with somebody. And my mom told me there was a baby inside that woman. So I figured, I guess I was also resourceful. And I thought, well, I know, I think I can play with her. And I wondered what it would be like to be a baby and a belly. And that wonderment was the question I needed to connect with the spirit of the baby. So I was born in 1961. They didn't do sonograms or anything like that. And it was interesting because I told the woman about it. And when I told the woman about it, then the next day the baby was born, it was a little girl. That's exactly what I told her. Grandma called my mom and my mom kind of looked at me like I had grown some sort of thorn out of my head. And I thought, oh, I'm not doing that again. I did something bad. So then that was when I shut off and then things would come through, but I would be, I, I wouldn't be very open. How did you get it back? What happened to give you that feeling of I'm going to do this again, or it's okay. And it's safe to bring it back. A couple things happened. One was my 
I met my birth mother and that was through an intuitive meeting. So I was like, you know what, this is kind of important stuff that intuitive people do. And I still didn't believe in myself in that moment. And then in 1993, I saw my son, he was nursing at my uh, right breast every single morning for a while. When I closed my eyes and said, is there a baby there? I saw him and he was about 16 months old. And when he came into fruition in 2000, how many years is that? So look how many years it took me to start believing. And then somebody said, why don't you tap into the Akashic records? And so that's what started to open it up for me. I start healing through the modality of the Akashic records with a person that was kind of acting like a, you know, a healer for me. And then somebody said, well, you should take the class. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. And so I went from really being able to do it to saying I couldn't. And so I opened up the Akashic records and I had been doing angel readings for like 27 years for myself. So I had all these documents of all the truth that was coming to me, but yet I still didn't believe in myself to help anybody else. And so the first time I did a reading, that person still comes back to me this day, many years later, like the first time I ever did a reading, it was life-changing for them. And I didn't know what I had just done. And so then I after 5,000 hours, I guess I kind of believe that something's going right with the messages that I'm delivering. I believe in myself. I do. But it took me many years until finally spirit said, we want you. And I said, you can't have me. And then finally I said, well, all right, look, if you, if you give me a pension and you give me medical insurance, you got me. And then I got cancer and I had to make a decision after a year, my brain wasn't working. Uh, and I couldn't figure out what I was going to do. I had a really busy job. So that's what happened. I decided to do this. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Thank you. I'm glad we're here together on this earth. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you're maybe staying a little hidden or thought, uh-oh, that was me <laughs> or uh-oh, I haven't stepped up to the plate yet. You're not listening to this uh, because it's a coincidence. You're listening to it because there might be a message from spirit. Speaking of which, let's talk about those languages, girlfriend. So tell us about languages and intuitive languages. Mm, thank you. So there's four intuitive languages that I talk about. There's actually more than four, but there's our four main ones that we have. And what's really interesting is I think that so many people are who are out there have watched movies or they just have these preconceived notions that it has to come in in a certain way. And one of the things that I love to share with people that work with me is, hey, let's find your intuitive language. So each language is this really unique recipe of how spirit gives you messages. So I talk about the four main ones, seer, owl, empath, and channeler. So if you're a seer, which is what a lot of people think about is seeing clairvoyantly and seeing little flashes of light, seeing in your meditations, getting a symbol, or sometimes people even get moving images. You know, it's kind of reminds me of gifts online where you're seeing things just move over and over and over. And that's really a sign that your clairvoyance is really stepping up to the plate. But oftentimes, I mean, people can't make sense of what a symbol means. And I remember I was giving one of my first readings at a psychic fair years ago. And I was talking to this woman and I saw a symbol of two plus two equals four. The great thing about symbols is they're simple. I call it spirit shorthand. There's so much information impact in one symbol. 
and you can't logic it out. So if your analytical brain gets stuck in trying to figure out what it means, you're not going to get the message right. Staying open and clear about what it means, letting spirit come through. So I did that and I told the woman, oh, there's four of you that live in a house, but there's two couples. And she looked at me like, yes. She kind of looked at me like, do you have a camera? Like, you know, what's going on? <laughs> but if my rational brain would have tried to figure it out, I might've said she was a math teacher or an accountant or something like that. But it really was meaning two couples and four people together. And then there's the owl and that's hearing. So really clearly hearing spirit. And, you know, one of the big questions I get is how do I know if it's my voice my own inner reading voice, or if it's my intuitive voice or my spirit guides communicating. So while when you're hearing messages, you could hear like an, you know, like I was talking about that man that I heard in the house, it was external. Oftentimes it's internal. And one of the best key indications that it is indeed an intuitive message is when it comes in so fast, your brain literally doesn't have time to even ask the question. So if you're in an intuitive conversation with your guides or you're giving a reading to somebody, it comes in so fast, oftentimes, even before you were able to answer it or ask it in the first place, or your client would ask it. And then the empath is feeling. So empaths can feel yeses or nos in their gut or sensations on their skin. So they could feel like somebody kind of tapping on their right shoulder, or they might feel hot, or they might feel cold or tingles or not or nothing at all. And then channelers are the most misunderstood. That's the fourth language. And by the way, there's no prioritizing. I'm just kind of going down. It could be channeler first and steer last. The channeler generally gets messages through knowing or through their body. So one of my really big intuitive knowing moments was when I was at home in my first marriage and I had my three dogs with me, nobody else was in the house. And all of a sudden I got really mad that my husband lost his wedding ring. And I did this for about five minutes thinking how silly he was to, you know, leave his wedding ring and blah, 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 whatever story I felt like I was making up in my head. And then I thought, Whitney, you have lost it. Like nobody has told you this. You're getting mad over something that's not even true. And he came home that night and he didn't say anything about it. And then the next day he took me out to lunch and said, I am so sorry. I lost my wedding ring. And I was trying to look everywhere before I told you. And I just laughed. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you lost your wedding ring. Because <laughs> now I know <laughs> what it was, but it's like a, a channeler is like, you respond to something. So you'll respond to it through a knowing or your body will respond to it. Sometimes your body says, I am heavy and I am tired and I must sleep. Sometimes your body is full of energy and inspiration. So basically what I'm saying with the channeler is your body reacts or your mind reacts, like it's a knowing of what it is. And channelers find themselves taking action before they even processed what it was. So for me, it was like all mad at this thing, reacting to it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got to back up here. But it happens this way for so many people and sometimes people will call it an instinct. Some people have no idea what it is. And that's really that channeler 
you know, taking over. And when people start to understand their language, they go, oh yeah, I am intuitive. Cause one of the myths is that only certain people are intuitive when in fact, everyone's intuitive. It's just, they haven't been taught their language, right? Yes. Amen to that. I mean, that's really a passion, obviously of mine (laughs) to help people uncover and understand their language with spirit and then love it and amplify that. Cause you know, I find that so many people want to be something that they're not. So for an example, if they're a channeler, they want to see, and I'm like, you can see, and you can develop that, but let's love what you have right now. And let's amplify what you have and really embrace and accept it. So it tends to be a lot about self-love too, and really acceptance as well. Hmm. I never thought about that. It's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's a journey. What was interesting is I would teach my program for intuitive languages. And then afterwards, when I'd ask people for feedback, they'd say, I've really learned to love myself. And it was surprising for me. Uh, oh yes. I totally see this. It's a journey. It's like mm-hmm. a spiritual and personal growth journey that happens along this path too. And I'm sure you've seen that too. You know, I, it's like we sign up on some level to open up our intuition and talk to spirit. And then we didn't realize all in all the fine print was, oh, yes. And you're going to go through this journey and this journey and this journey. And it's beautiful, yes. Yes. but we didn't expect it necessarily. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect it. And as my gifts are growing now, you know, I thought, well, I read the Akashic records, then my medium, my girlfriend tricked me into being a medium <laughs> because she was so insistent because you could talk to my dad. And I'm like, I'm not a medium. And she's like, but I know you could talk to my dad. So one day I went over to her house and she had three cups of coffee, three slices of cake. And I said, I didn't know anybody was coming. And she just looked over at the one chair. She said, well, pull up a sharp rock dad and sit here and immediately asked a question. When I went to say I couldn't do it, that guy has still stayed with me. And I'm on the left-hand side of the wall is my only gift from a spirit on the other side that I've never met. He actually even gave me a gift. He directed us to a gift. So that's how things start to grow inside of us. And I love you know, really what Whitney's talking about is once you identify, so I talk about superpowers, but it's the same exact thing. Once we identify what our superpower, our intuitive gift is, everything comes from that space. And that's why the stronger, I call it a muscle, the stronger we make our intuitive muscle, then we can build on other things. Now my clairvoyance is coming back. I'm starting to have like the ring thing that happened to me on Sunday. I got a message from a woman that I never met and she never met her daughter. Her daughter is 84 years old. She never met her daughter. Uh, well, she, she gave birth to her daughter and then she passed away, but the, the 84 year old never met her mother. And so when I was given away mediumship readings one time, I don't do them on a regular basis, but that was kind of cool because this woman came through in a clairvoyance. So it was such a beautiful gift that things are growing inside. And I'm sure the same thing's happening, like with you, different things come in to your whereabouts or your awareness. And I wanted to talk about when things don't come in, right? (laughs) Yeah. So did you ever have like a, I call it like a hiccup uh, in my reading. It's like, I don't know what's going on. Like there's a blank space. 
And usually spirit is protecting me from seeing something or them or both. But, but tell me like when it's happened and how that's turned out for you. Yeah. So I think that in a reading, like in a reading, it, it rarely happens, but it does happen. And I don't do readings anymore, but through the years that I did, if spirit wasn't giving a message, I knew it was for a reason. So normally what happens is they'll give a piece of evidence that I'm in a person's vibration. So I might say, you know, do you have a woman on your mom's side? Feels like a grandmother whose first initial started with an A and she had XYZ health issue or she died from this or some sort of piece of evidence. Or sometimes, do you know, a Anida or, you know, some name that, and I'll tell a little bit more. They're like, yes. And then I tell them another message and they don't understand it, or they ask a question and nothing comes through. And I'll have to say, you know, spirits not giving any messages about that, but they are saying this other thing. And sometimes they really are like, but I want to know this message. So there's a couple of reasons why one is like you said, it could be a protection mechanism, or it could also be that spirit wants this person to make their own decision, mm -hmm. or it could be that they don't have the timing down just right to comment on it. So a lot of times I saw though, where spirits like, we're not going to give you the entire detailed map of your life because you have to make some decisions on your own. Because if we told you everything, you wouldn't learn these lessons and you wouldn't grow from it. You know, basically it's kind of like being a puppet and you just do whatever spirit says. So that's really a main one as to why it wasn't coming through. But what's really interesting is I remember this reading and this reading was with a woman who wanted to ask about her husband. And she said, you know, what about my husband's job? And what about my husband's health? And I told her the message and I said, and then I'm not seeing anything after six months. Cause she was asking something like next year. And she's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just not seeing anything after six months, just not getting anything. I said, but I do have some sort of sum of money that spirit's talking about. And it's more largely tied to your husband, but you're involved as well. And anyway, it turns out in six months, he passed into spirit. That's why I didn't see anything after six months. And his life insurance policy was a sum. And with that, spirit was protecting the woman because sometimes people really want to know when a person passes, but really, honestly, there's 99.9% .9 of the time not helpful because all it does is create anxiety and frustration. So it was a beautiful way of spirit making sure that they didn't say something that would cause any pain or grief because this was already planned. Mm -hmm. So in a way it's comforting to know, you know, in six months time, like we already have this planned and this is there for a reason. So it's really mm -hmm. an interesting time, but you asked me about you know, for myself too, when is, when have I not gotten messages? <laughs> I remember this so clearly this was just recently. I was asking a question and really, I felt like, you know, you just have to wait for the answer. And I was like, Hey, I, I want this answer now, just like we all do. So then you invited me to one of your Wednesday Akashic records thing. So I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and they're like, you know, this is anonymous. Like, basically you don't know who's asking what questions. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to ask the same question. And then you say, 
you know, my guides don't want you to know right now because your guides don't want you to know right now. And I was like, are you freaking serious? Like, listen, I know. And it, but so one, it was very validating for me and for you with your abilities. Right. But in also for what I was getting, but I was also really frustrated on a human level. I was sitting there on the other side of zoom going, just tell her, just tell her what it is. Just tell her what it is. And you're like, no, no, they don't want you to know right now. I have to do some other stuff. I was like, I just want to complain about this in the moment, but. And Whitney anyway, never came back again. No, <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm here talking to you, but it's so interesting <laughs> into the humanness that we have. And then also I'm a medium. I've, I've given thousands of readings and I still, you know, want that answer. So I understand from both perspectives. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. beautiful. Oh my goodness. When you were talking about the two plus two, like sometimes as visuals, we get symbols two plus two equals four. It meant two different couples lived in the house. And that was their interpretation. Well, I had a wrong situation one time and I felt so guilty. It was in the beginning and that this woman's like, am I going to lose my job? And they would call the president of the company, the ax man. That was like a term the guides were giving me because they were showing me an analogy for my own life. So when she asked me the question, they said, it's already over. So I thought that it was complete, meaning they had been looking at her to do the acts, but they said it was already over. So I thought everything was okay. That was my interpretation. Later that night, she texted me and she says, when I went into work today, the HR person was there and I got fired. So I felt so guilty. I let her live with me for six months. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I felt so awful. And, and then I start reviewing it in my mind and they told me the right thing. It's already yeah. over. Did I lose my job? It's already over. Yeah. They did tell you the right thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I didn't say it right. Well, you know, that's one of the things that I I've always worked. Well, one of the techniques I'll say that I always have used is working with a delivery specialist because I do think that, you know, when we get that human part in, sometimes we can totally get our, our brains involved. So I've always really loved working with a spirit guide that specializes in that, um, to really help. And I think that's so funny <laughs> that you <laughs> said, I don't let you live with me. <laughs> but if I would have known you back then, I'd be like boundaries. We need to talk about boundaries here. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't really flow. Like it, it wasn't like I got off the call and then said, well, come and live with me. It, I mean, it was something we had already yeah. started. A, uh, we had a collegiate connection at the time and then that had dissipated. Then she became like a private client. And by the way, everybody, you're not going to live with me. And I don't, <laughs> I think I got it right now. I think I understand what I'm doing a little bit more <laughs> from lessons like that though. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. You have to, you have to learn and go through it. It's so interesting. You know, as we go through the process, I remember doing this reading for, so I was so nervous. I actually kind of got somehow also felt like I got tricked into mediumship a little bit. It was really interesting. I, I wanted to do it and I begged my mentor to do it and he hadn't taught in years and everyone's like, he doesn't teach it anymore. So I came to him and he's like, I think I'm going to teach you, but I need you to come in for an interview. So I was like, okay. And he said, you know, in order to, 
to learn with me, you have to give public messages, which means you stand up in front of hundreds of people in a crowd and you give the messages. I was like, no, I can't do that. He's like, well, okay, guess you're not for mediumship. I had to beg him to like teach the program. I was like, please teach me. So I got up in front of everybody and I had given some messages before, but I remember talking to this man and I said, you know, something about bowling ball. You like bowling? Nope. And then I said something else. He said, nope. And this is from everybody, something else. Nope. And I said, okay, well, thank you for, you know, letting me come into your energy. And I sat down and was like, oh my God, I don't ever want to do this again. But what's interesting, it was like a test from spirit, like, Hey, you just couldn't connect with him. Or he was kind of playing some games. Are you going to get back up and do it? And it was really interesting because I had to overcome that fear. I think so many people have that fear. What if I give the message wrong? What if I, you know, can't connect with anybody? What if, what if, what if, and really knowing that we learn from whatever we've done, but also when we stand back up into our power, really it's showing the universe and our spirit guides that we are truly ready for this. We, we can do this. And it's quite interesting. I think when, when that does happen, more opens up, we bounce back from it. Mm. Absolutely. And like I said, it was a great gift. I mean, even oh, <laughs> even yeah. that didn't, you know, always end very well. <laughs> it was, it was a good thing. It makes me think of something when you said gift, I've got a question for you. I have a funny story, but I have a question. Have you ever had a spirit guide or a spirit kind of follow you around and then you take on their personality or their habits at all? Well, yeah. that's kind of been a new thing for me. I was sitting at my girlfriend's house. She had just lost her brother through his own hands. It was a really bad situation that turned into a good situation. So some, one of her friends came over that is too afraid of this stuff, but the spirit was so open and we were talking to the brother and all of a sudden I felt somebody land inside me hard and I don't let people in my body, but it was more, it was an outer body. I knew that they were inside me, but all of a sudden I lean back on my chair I put my finger up. I start wagging my head. I start wagging my finger and I said, girl. And, and I was like, what am I doing? This person's <laughs> going to think that I'm, you know, this or that. And she says, oh my God, grandma. And grandma had a message and pushed everybody aside. And it's like, mm, I know we have drama going on in this house, but my granddaughter needs a little help. And she came right in and she helped her. And so she used her body, but I could feel things in my body. Like I could feel things of her. I could feel a cadence. I could feel how big she was. She was a big woman, but there was something soft and sweet and passionate about her. But I felt her feelings. I was in her body. I, I was using my body like hers. And that never happened to me before. That was kind of a new thing. Yeah, that is really interesting. I, I know what you mean. I remember when I would talk to people, depending on the spirit, sometimes that cadence or I would get accents. I, I am not a person <laughs> yes. like, like I am not an actress. So if somebody were to say, you know, go ahead and do an accent, I could do it, but I would have a New York accent. Cause I have a lot of spirit guides from New York. And then sometimes I would get an Australian accent and you can even have a video online where all of a sudden I said a word and it was like, I have an Australian accent. I'm like, what? But the weirdest time was when I was 
kind of first starting out and I was attracting my spirit guides. So for mediumship, you have all these other spirit guides and I was kind of building my team, so to speak. And I attracted the spirit guide who was amazing with health messages, but I was in a place where we were, it was a resort and I kind of had this wonderment. I heard you say earlier that you connected with a baby through wonderment, like, Hmm, I wonder what, and I remember thinking, I wonder why people like martinis. They're disgusting. Like, why do people like martinis? <laughs> All of a sudden I started craving dirty martinis with blue cheese stuffed olives. And it was like all I could crave. And to the point where I would be in the shower thinking, I really want a martini. I was like, what is this? And I basically had taken on her habit. So when she was on the earth plane, she loved a dirty martini. It was so interesting. Obviously I'm not going to be able to have dirty martinis all the time. And so I really had to have a talk with her and I ended up getting a different guide, but it's so wild kind of taking on some of the elements. I was like, what? I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but you just had to dismiss your guide because I did. <laughs> I did. I, okay, there's the no dirty martini one has to go. Can we oh. have something else? It, or so do you think it's like an assortment selection up there? Excuse me, but can we have a, um, you know, that diet Coke didn't work, but can we <laughs> I know. Like, seriously, it was like, I can't be like waking up for breakfast, wanting a dirty martini. And as soon as she left, no problem. I still like dirty martinis to the day, but like, I don't crave it all the time. And the same happened with another person. So I say, I say person. And when I say person or people, it's really spirit people I'm talking about, but sometimes people don't know the difference. I know you do, but I'll be like, I'm talking to so-and-so. And if someone isn't into what I do, they might be like, well, they died. Well, I know, but I'm talking to them right now. So, so I had a, I, exactly. I had a guide that used to get really nervous on airplanes. And so I had this two year span of getting really, really nervous to get on airplanes. And he was really great though at giving names and readings. So when I would do a reading for somebody, I was able to get a name really clearly. And I ended up having to let that guy go too. So <laughs> it was more of a, all right, you know, we need to, we need to see what we can work with. It, it reminds me of truly having team members and kind of working it out, seeing if you can work together. And if it's just not the right fit, then, then they leave. But this is more with mediumship guides and like your personal guides. Mm -hmm. I you know, what I think I need is I've never asked for a name guide every now and then I'll spew out a name, but I've never felt that that was one of my gifts. Um, a couple people say it was, but I wouldn't say like, you know, on 5,000 hours, I, I could say maybe four or five times I got names now names of places locations buildings stuff like that but this is david this is sally like i don't i think i missed that guide so can i ask for one <laughs> yeah absolutely you can ask for a name specialist travel specialist loved ones and spirit delivery specialist and it's really interesting because you can even have an animals and spirit specialist i know you and i have been talking about that recently too so you have guides on your mediumship team that will help in certain areas, which can be really nice. And one of the ones that I don't have, I did for a while was a lost and found specialist, but I had people coming to me to find missing persons and things like that. And I just decided that wasn't an area that I wanted to specialize in, but a lot of people do, especially in forensics. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we really have gone over some really great things. I do want to talk just a little bit about animals because that's my soft spot yeah. right now. So a couple of weeks ago, I, I lost my little Julesy and she was a rescue. She was with us for nine years and she was from West Virginia. We live in Pennsylvania and someone found her on church steps with eight puppies. And so we kept her for nine years and she was my little smush. You know, she was the one that followed me everywhere and looked at me with the big eyes and I wasn't expecting her to go and she passed. So I kept crying and crying and crying and crying. I mean, I literally just could not shut off the tears. So I just like, I don't even know why I did it. But I just said, Whitney, I'm so sad about my dog, you know? And I just felt kind of silly because first of all, like in the work that we do, we both, I'm speaking for, I'll speak for myself. I understand that nothing goes away. Love doesn't go away. People don't go away. It is an energy source. The physical body is shedded like a snakeskin or however you want to look at it. But then the spirit lives and I believe the spirit evolves. So I just reached out to her because I felt embarrassed and sad that I was just so despondent about my dog. And then she shared with me too. So that was a special moment for me with you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. I agree with all those things too. And, you know, when my pets pass over into spirit, I know they're okay and I can see them really clearly, but it just doesn't replace the pain. Like, you know, we have our bodies, we have our physical, we have our emotional, our mental, our spiritual bodies, and that emotional body has to purge. And I can understand things on that spiritual level, but that emotional body has to release. And, you know, then we move more into an alignment when we do that. But I mean, I lost my dog in January and it's been seven months now and I still cry. And I told you that I have all these dog beds, like still in my hallway and I was going to wash them and I moved them, but I still haven't washed them. I mean, it's just what it is. And I'll talk to my dog and spirit and it's, you know, it's different. It's just a way that I think we connect. And what's really interesting is with, with people, I think that we can really see the transition sometimes. And with animals, we develop a connection with touch all the time normally. And so when mm. they transition, we don't have that touch anymore. And it can be really challenging because you do feel like a empty space there in a sense. Mm. But yeah, I just noticed like, that's what I, I really missed with my animals is that touch relationship, but it's still a relationship and we just evolve it and it changes. Just like you said, you know, we get to grow and evolve and it's just communicating with them in a different way. But I, I feel that hundred percent. Oh, that's so beautiful. I have one more question. I like to talk about if it's okay with you, what I'm starting to find that when people start to use their intuition, so I'm now teaching people more about how to utilize intuition than just giving re uh, readings. Cause I can't do anymore. Right. So there comes a, a point where I think that the reader has to teach to become the teacher so that like you run out of steam at some point or everybody wants this. This is something everybody wants really and truly, including me, including you. We like our readings. I, I like my readings, 
But the the difference I think with between reading spirit and mind reads, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm starting to notice when people are starting to read, sometimes they'll do a mind read, like about what somebody's thinking instead of mm-hmm. about what's about to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So I talk about it with mediumship versus psychic. And, you know, so many times out there, just through movies and things like that, people would think psychic is past, present, or future. When in fact, mediums can talk about past, present, and future. It's just the way in which they're connecting. So mediums talk to spirit and their spirit guides talk to the client's spirit guides and relate messages. But that mind to mind is really a psychic reading. Basically, it's you're connecting to the aura, to the mind, because the mind exists outside of the body and you're picking up what's on someone else's mind. And so I always want a mediumship reading, right? I want to hear from Mm -hmm. my spirit guides. So when that happens, what I'll always tell my students is to one, sit back in your chair, like literally sit back in your chair. I think as empaths, we want to kind of lean in and, you know, it's just a natural way for us to want to merge with someone's energy. That's just an empath's way of kind of learning the world. So you have to like remind yourself to sit back and that you're not going out to go get the message, letting the message come to you. So sitting back can help like, oh yes, you know, spirit's feeding me the grapes spirit is dropping in the message. I don't have to go out and find it. And then also really talking to your spirit guides and letting them know, I only want to receive messages coming in from you and then putting up an energetic boundary with your energy. So before you do your reading, sometimes you can wrap yourself in an aura bubble or pick a color, a color that really represents your energy. And then on your color, see it kind of extend two feet in every direction and then harden a little bit at the edges. So it's still breathable. So it's kind of like that fabric where, Ooh, you know, nobody can see my underwear here, but you can, (laughs) I can breathe when I'm working out. So it's more, so I'm not going to allow heavy things to come in. It's going to bounce off of the shell, uh, but I can still breathe. So those three things can be really helpful so that you're not tuning into the energy of someone instead you're allowing spirit to come through but i will say sometimes when people do tune into the mind it can be great in a sense of what's going on in the body so people who specialize in medical mediumship or medical intuitive types of readings could kind of pick up where somebody might not be feeling great in their body. The downside is if you're merging energy with somebody, you might pick up on their energy and bring it into yours. (laughs) So again, I say mediumship is the way to go and just getting messages from your guides. Yeah. I think that that's a beautiful, a beautiful place where I think that we might start winding it up and and seeing if there's anything else, like, was there anything else that you thought, boy, this would really be nice for where we're at in the conversation? You know, one thing that's just been on my mind is so many people I think right now are going through this place of feeling a little heavy or having a lot of self-doubt or feeling overwhelmed. And on a spiritual level, sometimes we tend to just feel bad about ourselves when we're like that. Cause we were like, I'm spiritual and I know how to, you know, get myself out of this. Why can't I do that? Or we feel like we're bringing our vibration down. And I just hope everyone listening really gives themselves permission to feel the way that they're feeling and recognize that 
whatever you're feeling right now is not just for you. You are going to experience this so that then you can then lead others and help others through your business so that they understand, okay, this person has experience and I know that I can trust this person, whether you say it in your marketing or not, it's in your energy. So sometimes we're just way too hard on ourselves, experiencing literally the human experience. And we think we have to rise above it. And sometimes we just really need to experience it on a karmic level and energy level as we shift into our vibration, but also we experience it so that we can then serve and help and, and really show others more of the light. Uh, as we move through in our path and our, in our journey. And I know that once we go through these lessons, we then attract clients that really help. And what I've seen in reading specifically is you notice a pattern of who you're attracting. And then what ends up happening, if you're giving messages, you might start to go, is this from my experience mm -hmm. or is this from spirit? And spirit is giving you these clients because you've got that attraction in your energy. And therefore you've attracted a spirit guide to help you specialize in this. Mm. And that was a huge aha moment for me where I thought, oh, this is why I'm attracting all these people. And I've had this happen. And it's because now that I've had it happen for me, I've attracted a guide to help me that can then help the clients that are coming in for readings. So it's just really interesting to see how spirit works and the patterns and just getting the clients in one day. And you start to notice a theme. Everyone's moving today. Everybody I talk to, you know, I'm moving, they're moving and I'm giving <laughs> moving messages. And then you can kind of question yourself sometimes and just always make sure your mind's clear when you give the message, but it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last thing I'll say uh, about, I, I just love, I mean, I could spend forever in this conversation um, but just to wind up, the last thing I wanted to say is, do you believe in your business that when somebody shows up, a message is sometimes for you? For example, you know, if I'm going through something like, you know, when I was going through the situation with my dog or whatever, then a client would show up and there would be a message somehow with that client in my life, as well as whatever was it's always seems like it's a mutual reciprocation. It's not like I'm just giving a reading, even though that's really what I'm doing. I also feel like I'm always receiving something. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love how aware you are with that. And when we're in that spiritual place and that spiritual business, you can really see how certain messages are for you. <laughs> what I found is when I'm doing my group coaching, somebody will ask a question and then whatever I say I'm hearing from my guides. And this message is also for you, Whitney. And I'm like, <laughs> dang it. I got to take my own advice or I need to, cause I don't remember what I say, especially when I do channeled messages for my group, I have to go back and watch the video. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, okay. Thank you. I needed to hear this. <laughs> well, that, so yes, that, that happened to me with you because <laughs> Whitney, I saw Whitney there and then I did my channeling, you know, in our group that we were talking about on Woo Wednesday. And then I get this text message and she said, I asked this question, which of course I don't know who asked any of the questions. I do that intentionally for the group's privacy, but she's like, this is what you said. And I'm like, Oh, I don't even remember saying that. So yeah, but I didn't go backwards, but I trusted, of course, <laughs> but I don't remember either. <laughs> I know. And that's a beautiful thing. That's when, you know, it's really coming in from spirit and it's not you. And that's 
if you're questioning out there, you know, hey, is this from my own experience or not? Well, if you don't remember, that's a good sign that it's not. But yeah, it's interesting. I'll often channel messages for other people that I then need to hear, but I won't remember it. So I have to listen to the recording. <laughs> well, these are all gifts for us uh, as well. And I, I do now acknowledge uh, in, in my life that this is such a gift and I'm so grateful for the gift. Somebody said to me the other day, when you can bring comfort to somebody's heart with something that you're doing, it is a gift from God. And I don't get on the God bandwagon, but universe source, you know, whatever it is, your spiritual, the essence of you. And I was having a hard week with my work and sometimes I'm sure it's the same thing with you. And then somebody will say something like that. And it reconnects you with I really truly believe with Whitney, this is a mission, you know, this is your mission. And I believe this is my mission. And any of you that are listening to this and are like, oh my goodness, uh, girls just recruited me accidentally or coincidentally, or maybe spirit did what, how can they look you up? Like, what can they, we talked about these intuitive languages, help them to get connected. So what can we do for them? Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a free quiz that you can take to really learn more about your primary intuitive language. And you can go to messengerofspirit.com forward slash quiz to take that quiz. And you can also DM me on Instagram. Let me know you heard me here on this podcast and what you felt an aha about. You can find me at messenger of spirit. And then I'm always over there on my spiritual and ambitious podcast too. And I'd love to hear from you there too. Well, thank you so much. It's such a privilege for you to, to be here today on the Intuitive Business Podcast. And thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. For more information, please head to CandiceHaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.